This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 552 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Eco Gold, makers of innovative saddle pads and protective boots for your horse. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning Show, episode 273. Today, hyperkalemic periodic paralysis. Just the facts, ma'am. But first, a word about today's sponsor, EcoGold. EcoGold is the leader in high-tech problem-solving saddle pads and horse boots. And how do they do it? Science. EcoGold uses different technologies and materials to solve different issues. Innovation for EcoGold means dumping the old-fashioned one-size-fits-all mentality. They've developed five different lines of saddle pads to address the most important issues for our equine athletes. Friction, stability, fit, security, and comfort. And EcoGold knows your equipment needs to be user-friendly as well as effective, so their products are stylish and easy to care for. And they're made in their own factory in Montreal, Canada, so you can be sure the materials and workmanship are the absolute best. Ask for EcoGold saddle pads, protective boots, and coolers by name at your local tax store or visit them online at ecogold.ca. Now, enjoy today's tip. Well, HYPP is hyperkalemic periodic paralysis. Very Very much a mouthful. It's seen in humans. And it's seen in horses. And this discovery came about about the uh, early, late 80s, early 90s, of what, that horses had HYPP, and they tried to do genetic testing for it back then and got a genetic marker they could follow. And unfortunately for the wonderful halter horse, impressive Diane Halter horse, it got led back to him. And all of his offspring are carrying the HYPP gene and what the effect is uh, depends on how much of the gene they have. So this goes to the horse test positive. What positive means, and this answers, Jamie, your questions is, horse is positive if they are HH and HN. So it would be kind of nice to know if this horse was HH, which is a homozygous, 100% HYPP, or an HN, which is 50% HYPP. Um, An HH can have some severe repercussions, but they are manageable, and the HN may or may not show signs. So those are two important things to keep in mind. And then, of course, the other letters you'll see is NN, meaning they don't have the uh, gene at all. NN, that's when they say NN, so he's safe. That means he, he doesn't have it at all. It's not even in his bloodstream. Right. NN is what you want. About it. You don't want the H's, especially the knowledge. <laughs> H's are bad. I gotcha. Um, so, so oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Christy, please, because I want to know what the what the clinical signs are of this. You know, well, how do you know your horse is having an HYPP attack? Um, they are. They can range. The uh, most severe is they're down, um, they're trembling, and they can die. Uh, their diaphragm freezes up. 
And I guess we should go back to what actually is going on. It gets into the physiology of force muscle and bloodstream. There are things called sodium channels in the muscle and potassium channels in the muscle, and they get basically out of whack is the best way to describe it, and there's too much potassium and circulating bloodstream, not enough, or not enough balance between the sodium and potassium because they, they, they have different positive and negative ions that balance each other. So then the muscles start to tremble because they're out of whack, and um, they can paralyze, which is the periodic paralysis part of the HYPP definition. So these horses that are down and out and trembling and then have their diaphragm basically freezes up, they quit breathing. That's your most severe. Horses going into anesthesia, you need to know, are they HH or HN? It really will help the anesthesiologist. A, castra a simple castration in the field could go wrong in these horses. So it's really important to know if these horses have this issue um, just to kind of cover everybody and, and do the safest thing for the horse. The mildest case would be uh, just a simple muscle trembling when they're under stress. You put them into training at two, three, four years of age, and you start to see that they have muscle trembling. You've got to keep in mind, make sure you're dealing with HYPP and not another muscle disease, too. So it's very important to get the vet involved at this time when you're seeing this issue. Make sure that the horse is not having RER or PSSM, a lot of other leathers out there for muscle diseases. Um, back to HYPP, they can also have an odd breathing strider sound or whinnying sound. It sounds very hoarse. Pardon the expression, the pun, but they, they have a really dry, raspy sound when they either breathe when they're being worked or when they're trying to whinny. That is paralyzation of the laryngeal muscles that causes that uh, odd sound. They can sometimes flicker the third eyelid. Um, so if you see something on a baby, you're walking the baby out and it flickers the third eyelid because you just weaned it, start looking into checking for HYPP. Um, just something as simple as that might pick you off to, you know, to look into it. So, um, you know, we, I had a horse that showed up at a farm. They were uh, on trial. They put it on a wash rack. They're going to wash it down. So now it's in a strange environment. Put on a wash rack with a bunch of strange horses, and it sat like a dog. And that one, Lovely. I told them, sounds like HYPP to me. Um, they didn't want to go ahead and test. They just turned the horse back around and said, no, thank you. So that's what you're... Uh, that's what you're looking for is these very mild to, unfortunately, very major. And it's always, and not always, it seems to be induced by stress, trailer ride, weaning, starting training, uh, new barn, anything that you think would be out of the norm for the horse can trigger this uh, episode. Very good. And Jamie mentioned earlier that it affects quarter horses, but I also wanted to point out that quarter horses get crossed with a lot of things these days. Oh. And so it's not just a purebred quarter horse that may be affected. It could be a, a, a paint, a palm, anything that's been crossed with with uh, an affected quarter horse. Back, and, back uh, in I have to say this, and you know, I might have uh, you know some <laughs> some quarter horse people would be mad about it, but it was just kind of a funny joke that when I uh, started to work, I was in Texas at a practice, and that's basically when HYPP was coming out, and they they actually nailed it down to you know where the uh, the genetic markers came from and what to look for. And I was running anesthesia for the surgeon, and he and I kind of made a casual joke one time, maybe we should test these horses before we put them under anesthesia. But these were racing quarter horses. And we looked at each other and said, nah, impressive breeds can't race. <laughs> so, because they just make <laughs> 
So, of course, they are in the racing corner horses because there has been some cross down the line, and you still need to pass them for it. But that was just to, you know, not to be mean to the racing quarter horses. They, they do race well, and not to be mean to the halter quarter horses. They do have their function in life of different of looks and functionality. So, um, well, it was, and, and it was just, to, just to, to clarify that a little bit, uh, for those who didn't get that joke, because I laughed because that's pretty funny, the impressive <laughs> line that began this, that kind of founded this disease, HYPP, is a halter breed. We are talking the big, ginormous, thick body, big-headed, just giant quarter horses that have those little teeny teacup feet. Uh, so that's why it's funny that they don't race, because... They would not get very far on those feet if they were to race. Uh, so that's why that, that's pretty funny. And um, you would not probably see a lot of them. But, yeah, now that it's been thinned out. Because didn't Impressive, wasn't it that in the 80s? Yeah, he hit his height in the 80s. And, uh, you know, being a girl from Missouri, that's where he came from. You know, I, I followed and knew all about Impressive. And so it was, you know, disheartening for uh, that owner and the original breeder of him to, to have this come back on them. And uh, yeah. quite a few of the culture uh, people, you know, they liked that and so did the judges, and they liked the big fat muffling and the little tiny feet, which is abnormal. That's not quite a normal functional horse, but that's what humans have created over the years in, in, our, mm -hmm. in our ignorance. Yeah, and I wanted to point out, too, I was, I was, and thanks, Jamie, for bringing in all that about the halter the halter type because that's exactly where I was going and I wanted to mention a story that some of you may be familiar with that we covered a couple of years ago. Uh, there was a paraplegic foal in North Carolina that was treated uh, pretty successfully at NC State and did pretty well but he had C trace back to impressive so keep in mind this this foal was paraplegic. He had a spinal a, a, an abscess next to his spinal cord at, at a few weeks of age that really messed him up but so paraplegic unable to use his back end properly and that horse still had the butt of a well-trained halter horse conditioned halter horse. I mean, he couldn't use those wow. muscles the way he was supposed to. That horse's butt was huge. <laughs> so that's, that, that, that muscling often goes along with, with the HYPP gene. Not always, of course. Not always, right, right. But that, if you've got a horse that's that. Genetic. Absolutely. Can I ask a question here? Aubrey, sure. uh, one of our listeners, posted on Facebook, does anyone know the HYPP status of the horse? of the girl that passed out going into the ring in Kentucky a couple months ago. I, and I think you guys covered it over at the horse. Uh, her name was Christina Tull, and she was uh, going into the ring. The horse collapsed and fell on top of her, and uh, she kind of had a miraculous recovery. I didn't realize that was an H by PP thing. Is that something you remember at all? It's not something I remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Okay. It sounds yeah, like it. I need recording on it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wrote... I don't know uh, if it was or not. Maybe Aubrey knows something that we don't there. All right. Sorry. Two in a row. Sorry. No worries. Sorry. I can't That's answer right. that and, for you. And I want to I wanna follow up with Christy's comment that this, this has disseminated out to many breeds because there's a lot of crossing of quarter horses. And, and it's, you know, as you stated, Jamie, it's been since the 80s this horse has been around. So there's over, I think, what they state, 550,000 uh, babies out of the impressive line at one point they counted. So, I mean, there, there's many babies out there and many horses out there that ha couldn't possibly have this. There was no requirement to test for it um, by the American Quarter Horse Association until about 2000-2001 where they required for registration to test and then stamp it, H-H-H-N and N, on the registry. So 
now there is a stamp that goes on the registry. So if you have a horse previous to the new millennium, you may want to consider testing if you have any issues with that horse um, because they weren't required to test. Now there's other horse clubs that still don't require the testing either. So it's, it's still out there, and you can't just assume, since there's no stamp on your registration papers, that the horse is, is going to be fine. In uh, 2007, AQHA, American Quarter Horse Association, chose not to register HH foals anymore. So if you have a positive wow. HH foal, you cannot register it with the American Quarter Horse Association. Uh, as of 2008, the Appaloosa Horse Club will not register an HH foal. Huh. Good for and, them because right. that's yeah. a great... Well, trying to thin out, because if we really bothered me is they just accepted it. And this is not, like, I've seen a horse that was down and having the muscle tremors, and you just feel so darn bad for the things, and it's a genetic thing, and they keep breeding it, so good for them for not registering those horses and trying to nip this in the bud, because it is just horrible to watch. It is. Absolutely. It really is. The, um, the one other one is the Palomino Horse Registry won't take either won't register a NH or an HH. And the AQHA is in the consideration of not doing the NH. I don't think they've made a final ruling on it yet. So people are at least stepping step up to the plate and saying, we're not going to have this anymore, and we need to eradicate it. Is it yeah. something that dilutes over a period of time from generation to generation or not? No, it's just a chance of breeding. If you have an NH and an NH and they breed together, you have a good chance of still getting an HH. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not something that that will that will breed slowly out over time. It's either they yeah, they have right. a half a copy of it, or they have both copies of it, or they don't have any. So okay. it's, it's just, kind of like it's like breeding a Palomino to a bay horse. You have like a good chance of getting a buckskin, but you still have the chance that it won't be. <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of genetic right. idea. <laughs> And I wanted to uh, update us a little bit on this, those numbers that Aaron mentioned. I apologize for not being able to find a, a, a more recent article off, just off in a hurry, but we had an article in, the, in our magazine on October 2001 uh, reporting on a presentation at, at a veterinary convention. And at that time, one of the researchers, Sharon Spear, had mentioned that about 100,000 horses at that time, 10 years ago, were carrying impressive in their pedigrees. Now, that doesn't mean all of those horses have the HYPP gene, but that's the impact of that stallion and how widespread his, his genes are in the population because his, his offspring were so successful in many yes, cases. Yes, and kudos to Dr. Spear. Um, I was lucky enough to meet her after she finished the research. She is the um, one that found Impressive to be the carrier and the start of this whole problem, and she received death threats. So there was, she kind of wished she never went down this road at one point because it, was getting, it got kind of stressful for her lifestyle. Oh, I didn't know that part. Well, we're running. Now we're no, we're running a little bit late on time. Erin, can you tell us briefly um, some of the tips for managing the disease? Yeah, you have to uh, have no an alfalfa. Horse. <laughs> yeah, no alfalfa, which a lot of these um, um, ultra horses like to be fed alfalfa, kind of beef them up and look good. So they get off alfalfa. They can do beef pulp, but horses can't live on beef pulp alone. Grass hays are fantastic, um, and oats. Um, but something with a low potassium diet. There are diets out there made, so you just need to look for them. Reduce the stress. Now, if you're going to show this horse, you're going to have stress. You're going to probably want to up their diet a little bit, so you're going to have to probably put them on medication, and the medication out there is acetazolamide, and that is 
that, I mean, I've had babies that have that nasty respiratory sound, it's like a respiratory strider sound, that when you put them on a pseudozolomite, it goes away. And as soon as you take the pseudozolomite off for a day, it comes back. So they just have to, for a lifetime, have to live on that. And it cuts down on seeing the um, down and out and the um, trembling. So if you have an episode and you're waiting for your veterinarian to come out and run some fluids and such for your horse, you can give your horse about 60 cc of care syrup and take them for a walk. If they're down and out on the ground, you've got to do the best you can. Listen to your veterinarian that can probably give you some guidance on what to do until they get there. That's what I was about to ask you because one of the vet clinics I worked at, the guy would always bring with him caro syrup and just, you know, if they go down, just give them some of this and walk them around, you know. I, so I always, I was going to ask you, is that for real? Because I thought he was crazy. No, no, it helps, it helps with the channels and getting things moving, but um, it, it's not, it's just an immediate fix, kind of help them get through an episode. If they were out of acetazolamide or the barn help forgot to give it, they could go rummage up the acetazolamide in the meantime and then give a squirt of the disease. I had, I had a broodmare, and I went to a farm for full watch, and it had an episode. And they were calling the owner saying, you need to bring us acetazolamide, you know, because they forgot to leave the med. How retarded is that? So that's stressful enough being a broodmare. And um, I said, in the meantime, throw syrup and walk it until he brings it back. And that's what happened. And then I got the drug back, you know, on board that night, and she was fine only until she pulled. She was She's good to go. I knew syrup was good for something. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for a lot of things. It's really good for a lot of things. <laughs> Horses with HPITP and pecan pie. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather use it for one thing than the other. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, is there a place where there's more information on the horse that we can post a link to? Absolutely, and I was just about to put it on your Facebook page. We have a number of articles about HYPP because we were covering it back from when before we knew what it was and what to call it. So I'm adding that link to your page right now. All right. Well, this is a good conversation, very interesting, and I'm sure a lot of people don't know, didn't know much about it. I didn't know much about it. So uh, we're learning something every Wednesday here. Well, there you go. To listen to more of the Horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to Glenn the Geek and Jamie putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune into Horses in the Morning on Wednesdays at 10 to get your weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information. You can also go to thehorse.com and find the mother load of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover. You can subscribe to all of the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.